live from Buffalo Wild Wings. This is Unnecessary Roughness. You take this short period of time and you try to evaluate what are we doing well? Let's keep doing that. What are we not doing well enough that we have to keep doing? And then I think there's always a bucket where you say, what are we not doing well enough that maybe we don't need to do anymore? It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. I think still asking those questions. What do the Raiders do really well? Keep doing it. What do they do okay and they need to continue to get better at? Still got question marks out there. And what do they not need to do anymore? I think those questions are still valid. That was head coach Josh McDaniels. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. My man, Damon Cotton's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm here at Buffalo Wild Wings, 4280 South Wallapai. Come on by, get hooked up. Veterans, veterans, veterans. First of all, thank you. Second of all, come on by here, get hooked up with free 10 boneless wings and fries all day long for your service. I know that's very minor for the sacrifices that you made, but it's what we got, and it's what we're doing. It's what Buffalo Wild Wings is doing, and I think it is awesome. My man Pegleg Raider actually hit me up earlier. Thanks for the shout-out, homie. It was my pleasure to serve. Veterans Day shout-out, and uh, Pegleg Raider is Pegleg Raider for a reason, right? And, uh, you know, when he was out serving us and protecting us, he lost his leg. And he, to this day, listens to the radio station all the time. He's bleeding silver and black all the time. He's the homeboy. Even before I was here, he was the homeboy. Really good dude. His family is really good, folks. And uh, son's doing really well. So uh, we shout out to Peg Leg Raider. And not only that, Tom Flores autographed his Peg Leg in Canton, Ohio, when he was uh, inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So uh, Peg Leg Raider and all of the, the folks that served us served for us in our country, we salute you on this Veterans Day and every day. Again, thank you so much for doing what we could not do, uh, being selfless like you were. So we definitely appreciate you and your family. Coming up at 3.30, Charlie Clifford is going to join us to talk all things Colts as we get our final little preview on what this team should look like coming into Allegiant Stadium on Sunday, uh, 105 kickoff. You can hear that game right here on Red Nation Radio 920. But got a lot of questions. Our first hour was so much fun. Cassie joined. Uh, Cassie Soto joined us here live. Uh, All Day Raider A joined us live. We have uh, uh, Reg- Raider Reggie here in the building. Vegas Jess is here in the building. Uh, got a lot of Raider Nation here representing. Ruben in Vegas just stopped by. He's actually going to the Fresno State game tonight, Fresno State and UNLV. Uh, he's originally from the 559, so he's rocking with Fresno State. But, of course, it's going to be a fun one tonight at Allegiant. So I'm looking forward to that as well. And so just shout out to everyone uh, in Raider Nation. Shout out to everyone listening. Uh, and, and, you know, again, shout out to the veterans that uh, served our country. The question that I threw out there, what are you looking for or who are you looking for on Sunday's game against the Colts? Uh, who, who do you look to stand out? Who do you think should be the one to stand out? And then, of course, with Darren Waller out, he's on IR. He's going to miss at least four games. Uh, Hunter Renfro, he's on IR. He's going to miss at least four games. How do you expect the Raiders to attack the Colts and their stingy defense? And the one thing I'll say about that is every time we've talked about a, a team with a stingy defense and we've talked about the Broncos, we've talked about the Texans, we've talked about other teams that have come in with a pretty good defense, the Raiders have been able to put up plenty of points on them. So I'll give them credit for that. But that was with more weapons than they have right now. You know Devontae's there. You know Josh Jacobs is there. Uh, and you know Mac Hollins is there, but he's been a little inconsistent lately. So just kind of want to know who you're looking for to really step up. And that could be offensively or defensively, really, uh, for, the, for the silver and black. Uh, but just let us know what you're looking for. And then uh, offensively, let us know how you think they're going to attack that, uh, that Colts defense. 702-365-9200-69187, keyword R&R. And uh, Damon, who we got up first on the phone lines? Raider Fish in Berkeley. Raider Fish, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? 
Hey, right on, fellas. First of all, a tip of the cap and the tap of the magazine clip out of respect to all the veterans and people currently serving. Now, real fast, I hope, three sides of the ball and then one unorthodox key. On offense, man, Carr, he looked like, whoo, when that boy scrambles and there's design rollout and scooted up in the pocket, Man, that dude is awesome. So I want to see Carr run for two or three first downs and have design plays where we can get him on his motor scooter and let him scoot on out and throw that thing out the boot. Okay, so that's the offense. Special teams. First of all, Q, I told you in the offseason, man, I was the only one on paper that I was leery of was the hiring of our special teams coordinator. But anyway, I need to see. Man, crack off a return. Turn in the burner, baby. I've been hollering mm. his name. Yeah. Crack off one. Okay, and on defense, first of all, we all know a wounded, hungry, starving dog runs faster. Defense, y'all need to be that starving dog because if I'm on defense, I'm starving. Where are our turnovers? Where are our big dynamic plays? So the entire defensive unit, man, it should be a smorgasbord. You should be like, oh, uh, a golden corral. We need to be feasting, okay? <laughs> right, right. Now, uh, real talk, hey, hey, Gus Bradley, uh, you know what? No, you guys spoke on Gus Bradley, okay? So uh, I just want to see this now. Uh, that's the entire defense. Now, my unorthodox, okay, the DJ. At the Death Star, hey, I think I got the tally, but it's not official. But I think our win-loss record is very favorable when in the course of the game at least three Bay Area hip-hop artists are played. That's my unorthodox. So we need some short, uh, some, some Hammer even, some Seagram. Hey, Mac Dre, let's, let's get real deep into the, into the vinyls, okay? All right, show up, show out, and how it just and baby, when you go out, Raiders. There he goes, Raider Fish in Berkeley talking about them Bay Area hits right there. He talked about Short. He said Mag Dre brought up Hammer. Man, you know Short's going to play. You know they're going to drop below the whistle. But he said dig deep into the crates. I would love to hear some Get Stupid or, uh, you know, some E-40. Well, you know 40 is a 49er fan. But still, uh, some Bay Area tracks would be good. I, I, I heard that. I like that. I do like, though, get, to be honest, uh, your DJ Turner point. I do like that, you know, because he's got the speed. We saw that in the preseason, right? We were able to see him take a simple crossing route and take it to the house. If he can put that speed on display, the special teams units just got to be better. One of my keys to the game for, for my podcast that I had that I dropped earlier this morning was just if you're Carlson and A.J. Cole, keep the ball away from the returners. Don't give him an opportunity to have a short field, right? I mean, that's my biggest concern when it comes to special teams. But it has been so long since you saw somebody return a kick to the house. I mean, we talked about it last week. Jacoby Ford was the last cat to do that. It's been a while since Jacoby Ford has been with the silver and black. I would love to see a, re a return, a kick return, and that was a kick return. The punt return, I think, has been, what, 2018 with uh, Dwayne Harris? I would love to see that unit all of a sudden kick it into gear and, and be that third element and really help out the, the, D, uh, the, the team in general. Just like when Jerron Harmon returned that, that interception to the house or Meek Robinson got that scoop and score, that's putting points up on the board. Put some points up on the board. That would be awesome to see. I'm just asking for really good field position. But if you want to get, get a little crazy and you want to take something to the house, go ahead and get a little crazy and take something to the house as well. What, do you th what are your, your thoughts, Damon? My first thoughts is uh, something I want to throw out there from Raider Fish and Berkeley's uh, okay. call there. 
How how good do you think Josh McDaniel's thizzle face will be? <laughs> oh my goodness! Don't get me stuck because you know I'm gonna I'm, I'm, now I'm gonna try to now I want to thizz dance like I want to see I want to see Josh McDaniels walk into the media room. It's like as soon as he opens the door and Will kisses behind him, all of a sudden you hear dance thizz dance. Can you do the thizz? And then all of a sudden, like Josh McDaniels just come in. And, oh yeah, that. You gotta say, hey dog, you gotta say that for six and two, not two and six. <laughs> All right. And then going back to your point about the special teams, it's gotta be, they've gotta change up the philosophy or whatever that they're talking about in practice. Because, like you say, the coverage team is just not there. Every time, kick it out of the back of the end zone because the coverage is just not there. It's not about no matter how well you scheme it up, these guys just aren't tackling. Right. So the scheme does not matter if you're not going to tackle it. It can all look good on paper, but the players on the field are just not executing. So take it out of their hands and just kick it out of bounds. I, I, well, kick it out of the back of the end zone if you're if you're uh, on kickoff. You know what I mean? If you're yeah, Daniel yes. Carlson, just kick that thing. you got a strong, uh, strong leg. Just kick that thing through the back of the end zone. There's no reason to give them an opportunity to return the ball like they did to start the third quarter uh, last week against Jacksonville, man. I mean, that was a 52-yard kick return, and I knew then, oh, man. It's going to be bad. This is going to be a problem. And so it, it turned into a problem. They can't have that until they're able to execute the mod, like you said, defensively or, or slow down the, the return. They just they can't afford to do it. So I, I'm with you, man. I, I like that. Uh, 702-365-9200. Again, coming up at 330, Charlie Glif Clifford will join the show to talk all things Colts. But uh, Mitch in New Jersey, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Two, how you doing? Happy uh, Veterans Day to everybody. Yes, sir. Woman in and men. Um, I want to see the running game. Stick to the running game. I want to see it to me and White get more than one carry, though. You know, give uh, Josh Jacobs a breather. And I'm um, wondering about Derek Carr. I mean, maybe he's in the top ten, it seems. And uh, the way they're going, they're going to be picking the top ten. I think they're a great draft. And the Colts, I'm not saying they're trying to tank, but they don't have to be the top speed and have no one pick to get a great, uh, real good quarterback. And it's going to be a great class next few years, the Colts get another 10-plus uh, year quarterback. To me, that's the way it's looking. They're luck. All right. It's been for the season. Thanks a lot, buddy. Hey, thank you for the call, my man. I hope you have a great weekend. We definitely appreciate you. And, yeah, I mean, look, you got to take it one game at a time. Uh, you know, I'm not looking at the, the long-term anything. Uh, and some people are like, oh, Q, you know, games, wins don't matter. I'm, I'm in the belief that every game matters for those guys in the locker room, regardless of what – you know, anybody in the front office might be thinking right now what their plan of attack or how they want to evaluate. And DeMond, look, you've you've been an athlete to a certain extent at certain things, but, I mean, there's never been a time you haven't wanted to win, is there? No, never. And it, and it, it, it feeds over. I know that the team, they're saying the right things. Josh McDaniels in the press conference today will get to some of that sound. And yeah. he's, he's saying it's not affecting the team. And, hey, these guys, they just got to go out there. But it's got to be hard. It, yeah. where you, it creeps in where we talk about the young guys want some playing time or maybe it creeps in that animosity between players on the team. So it, they need that win so the locker room doesn't fracture. I've never seen a happy 2-15 team. Right, exactly. I mean, that's, that's, that's straight up, right? I mean, all these guys want to win. Every player in that locker room wants to win. There's not any of them, regardless what kind of paycheck they get, no matter what it looks like, nobody is happy with a loss. They're not. Again, I'm taking the front office and everybody else out of it. I don't, I don't, I'm not in the business to, to tell you what their, what their uh, you know, end game is or what any of that is. But I know on game days, I know every one of those guys that suits up and goes out there and puts their bodies on the line ain't doing it to take an L. Right? They're, I mean, look, I, I joke about WWE and wrestling being scripted and all that stuff like that. 
they're still those guys want to win too, and they're scripted, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I mean, look, th- these guys want to win more than anything, and I know it hasn't gone right. So I think that they need to they need to get some wins, so they know that okay, these guys are leading us in the right direction because it will. I mean, man, if you take L after L after L in life, forget just in sports. If you take L after L in life, you're gonna start questioning the leadership that's around you. Like, wait a minute, hold on, man. This cat can't do nothing right, right? Wait a minute. The offense is going to start saying, wait, hold on. Where's that offensive genius that I heard about? The defense is going to be like, wait, hold on. I thought this guy was going to be a head coach material. What are we doing here, right? I mean, that's, that's natural. That's not even trying to, you know, turn your back on guys. That's just a natural reaction. If you don't see success, what happens? You start questioning it. Like, also, a guy like T. Billy, I know he's not on the team anymore, but just someone where they could say, hey, man, I was, I'm not getting the targets. Maybe I could be the difference. Now, it, it could turn into that disease of me of, hey, man, maybe if we got me the ball a little bit more, right. maybe things could turn around. Maybe right. if I had some more playing time, things would be different. And Devontae Adams, he was really trying to be poignant about saying, hey, I'm not calling anybody out. It doesn't need to be any spicier than it needs to be. But if this same trajectory of losing keeps happening another couple of weeks, like week 14, 15, then you will have people being as spicy as possible saying, hey, man, maybe we should have just thrown the ball to me. Right. You know, maybe I'd catch it. You know, if I had 20 targets a game, you don't want those things to happen. But that's what happens when you have a bad team. You know, when you always see the NFL films, people gathering around like those those great teams. They're not doing it for the two and 15 teams. Right. You know, it's not like man, no no old great player saying, "Hey, man, that team where we only won two games, that was some of the fun, that was the funnest season of my life." <laughs> right. Nobody's ever saying that. And the, the one thing about it is, you can be a great player and you can get two catches in a game. And if you're winning, none of that matters. Winning is the ultimate deodorant, right? Winning makes everything smell better, look better. But if you're not winning and you're only getting two targets or two catches, then you're thinking, well, what the hell? <laughs> what, what the hell am I doing here, right? I mean, and again, that's just natural. If you're winning, everything's great. Oh, yeah, pass the ball around, share the ball, you know, spread it out. That's all good. But the minute you're losing, it's a whole different ball game. So, uh, yeah, they, they just – the, the players, and I'm solely focused on the players in the locker room, they want to see a W. And so, Raider Nation, I ask you, what are you looking for? Who are you looking for on Sunday versus the Colts? And without Waller and without Renfro, how do you expect the Raiders to attack the Colts' stingy defense? Let's go out to the phone lines real quick, then we'll take a break. Raider Mack, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? What's up, fellas? Hey, I hope y'all have a good weekend, man. Hey, the key to the game is, is, is getting off the field on third down. Man, our our, our third down defense and also in the red zone. Just uh, My thing is, even if, if we drop a punt or special teams give up a big, like DeMond said, you got you to gotta go make a tackle, man. You got to warn it. That's, that's not – you can – I'm with DeMond. You can scheme all you want, but if, if your guys don't want to make that tackle. My thing is, on third down, get off the field. The key to the game is third down, get off the field. And in the, in the red zone, we're the worst team – in the NFL, we've had 14 um, um, red zone targets, and they've scored 14 times. We, we, something got to give, and also, you cannot let this quarterback, this dude got sacked six times. You cannot let him get any confidence in this game at all, because you know what they're going to do. They're going to run the ball, with, and, and, and uh, they, their coach already said that that's what they're going to do. They're going to get Jonathan Taylor the ball as much as they can. They don't want to get six sacks. That's my key to the game. Just win the game, man. I'm with y'all. Man, if you if you like to lose, that's a loser. Yeah. You got to win the game. Just win. Like Aaron, her man would say, just we play to win the game. Just right. win it. That's it. You lose this game, 
man, <laughs> you think it was bad last week? Oh, <laughs> it's going to be crazy. But I just think we just got to be – we just get off the field on third down, and, and, and I'm with DeMond. Keep the ball and, and make tackles, but change players. If something's not working at halftime, change players. Y'all have a good weekend, man, and we'll talk to y'all Monday, man. Y'all doing a great job on this on this show every week and, and congratulations to all the veterans. My grandfather was a, a veteran in the in the uh in the army too. So you know nice. hey yes. Thank you. Salute. All right. Salute to all of them. Thanks. Thanks, Raider Mac. Appreciate you again. Salute to the veterans. I can't say it enough, man. And I hate that I always uh, end up just saying it on a day like today or Memorial Day or Fourth of July. That's when it's obviously right in front of our face. But man, uh, what the veterans do for us each and every day, and and you know, allowing us to do what we do on the on the regular without having to worry about looking over my shoulder because here comes some incoming missile or something uh, is incredible. It really is. So we thank you. We thank you. We cannot thank you enough. Definitely appreciate all the efforts from the veterans and uh, everyone. Who who, uh, you know, has sacrificed, including the families of the veterans who have sacrificed to allow us to have our freedoms. We appreciate you. 317 is the time. We are at Buffalo Wild Wings, 4280 South Wallapai is the spot. We're here till at least 5 o'clock. Demi and Jess have rolled in. We got a lot, man, and Jason have rolled in. We got a lot of uh, uh, Raider Nation represented today, and all we need is you. We still have a bunch of prizes. We have some hats. We have some jerseys. We have some sweatshirts. We have some fanny packs. If you're trying to go to Allegiant Stadium and you know you got to have a clear bag, how about a clear fanny pack? Yeah, we got that. I know I made a fun of it last week, but we really do have it, and it's really cool, and we're trying to give it to you. So come on by and get hooked up with Red Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. All veterans, 10 boneless wings and fries all day long you'll get for free. We, that's a small, our small little thank you that we have here at Buffalo Wild Wings, 4280 South Wallapai, and we're going to be here till at least 5 o'clock. We definitely want you to come on by, uh, not only get the free uh, wings and get some fries for your service, but also get hooked up with some of these prizes that we have at the table. I got a sweatshirt. I got a hat. I got a fanny pack. There's even a onesie. Yeah, if you want a onesie, we got the onesie. We got the hookup for you, the famous onesie. Uh, every one of these prizes I think I've made fun of at one point, like the fanny pack and uh, the onesie. And they end up being the best prizes. They end up being the ones that people like the most. So uh, lesson is, let me make fun of it, and then all of a sudden it becomes something great. So there you go. Come on by, get hooked up with it, and uh, it's all yours. All you got to do is say, uh, say what's up. Simple as that. You don't have to sign anything. You don't have to jump through hoops. You don't have to do anything but come in and say what's up. Plus, we have some tickets as well. My man Angel's got the tickets on lock. Charlie Clifford will join us at 3.30 to talk all things Indianapolis Colts. Give us our final little preview of what this team should look like coming into Allegiant Stadium on Sunday, but I did want to get a few sounds in from head coach Josh McDaniels. We met with him earlier today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Uh, of course, the, the Raiders also went through a little bit of a walkthrough, and I know a lot of media members uh, ended up doing a little locker room action following, but uh, we just want to he- let you hear from head coach Josh McDaniels. So off top, he uh, opened up the presser talking about Veterans Day. Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't uh, just, obviously it's Veterans Day, and um, <clears throat> you know, thankful for all the men and women that have served, um, you know, and, and done all the things that they do to protect our freedoms and give us the opportunity to do what we do. So thankful for all of them today. And uh, obviously it's a great day to recognize them. So Short and sweet, but, you know, just want to make sure to, to recognize, uh, you know, the, the veterans out there. And Josh McDaniels wanted to make sure he did the same. Now, obviously the big news that we heard on Thursday was Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro both being put on IR and, it was, it was crazy. It just seemed like the hits just kept coming. Boom, boom, boom. All of a sudden, uh, you looked up and you're like, yeah, 
that really happened today. A couple guys put on IR, a guy retired, this, that, and the other, signed a guy off the, uh, off the Vikings practice squad as far as Jacob Hollister goes. But here's Josh McDaniels talking about what went into the thoughts of putting Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro both on IR. Just overall health, you know, and really I think, you know, when <clears> – <throat> You know, they try hard to get healthy and, and be healthy and be their best, and that's what every player wants to do. And I think it's uh, very common that, you know, you play your best when you feel your best, you know. And, um, you know, we've, we've had some guys battle some different things throughout the course of the season, and those two guys obviously uh, have done that. And uh, just, you know, kind of take the whole picture into view here and, and think that maybe – um, giving them an opportunity to not not rush and feel so stressed about getting back this week and that, you know and they're trying their butt off to do that you know but um, just give them an opportunity to get truly healthy you know what I mean and feel really good and and then have an opportunity to come out and play their best you know and so those are never easy none of us want to do that you know we obviously have high hopes and expectations for that group as a whole um, but. Um, I think until we're out there healthy, you know, and ready to roll and doing the things that they know they can do, uh, that we hope that they can do, you know, together, it, it just, you know, felt like it was the right thing to do at this point. And then, uh, like I said, hopefully we'll get them back and, and be ready to, to play the best football that we can play at that point. Head coach Josh McDaniels right there uh, talking about Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro being placed on IR. And I know every fan wants to see those guys out there. I want to see those guys out there. Hell, those guys want to be out there. But if they're not 100% healthy, they're not ready to roll, then you know they're, they're going to be less effective, if effective at all. And then if they get injured long-term, then all of a sudden you look up and say, well, what in the world did you do that for? So uh, nobody likes to see that. I hated to see that news, but it was kind of the inevitable. And, and for Darren Waller, it felt like it was really the inevitable. But Hunter Renfro kind of came out of nowhere, but it is what it is. So who steps, who steps up, you know? And, and, of course, we all know Devontae Adams is there. So is he going to get more targets? Is he going to get quality targets? With Renfro and Waller out, what, what, how, does, how does the attention turn to Devontae Adams? You know, I – it's a, it's a, it's a longer, uh, it's a lot, a lot that goes into this, um, you know, and, and, and I would say based on the health of our team, this won't be the first time that we've had this challenge or this setup or this circumstances uh, for a game day. So it's uh, in that sense, it's good because uh, it's not our first opportunity at this. Um, I would say that, you know, a player like Devonte, uh, when you sit him in one spot, the whole game, um, you know, it's hard to it's hard to keep feeding those targets. Uh, you know, the 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 direction you want them to go. Uh, so his ability mentally um, and within the game plan, uh, through his preparation and how intelligent, how smart of a player he is, that really as assists in the process. You know, because you can move him. You know, you move him all over the place. I mean, we had him in the backfield last week. We had him, you know, motion and you know different spots. So uh, that that's a added benefit uh, to to being able to do that. Um, I also think that. There's no shortcut to this other, you know, we have 11 guys on the field and uh, the other 10 are going to play and we need them to do their job right, make plays when their opportunities come up. Um, we've seen that, you know, certainly in different, you know, stretches here, whether it's Foster or Mac or JJ or Amir or Keelan or whoever it is. 
um, you know, we, we, we can't just, there's not just a one man show here. That's impossible to play like that, you know? So, uh, especially against a really good defense with, you know, a really well coached team, good players that we're playing this week. So, um, you know, it'll be a 11, 11 man operation here. Um, certainly Devante's worthy of as many as you can feed him. Um, but at the same time, there's an element of you just got to be careful and be smart that we're not doing something to then counter, you know, be counterproductive to what we're seeing on defense either. There's Coach McDaniels right there, really just talking about how Adams now is, is, is looked at, how he's used, you know, what's the, what's the target number looking like with Waller and Renfro both being out. And that's one of the questions that I was asking earlier. How do you, how do you attack the Colts' defense now that you have some of your weapons out of there, right? I mean, that was the big thing going into the season, why the hype was so, so high is because you realize you had so many offensive weapons, and unfortunately it just never came to fruition. And, you know, we'll see if they come back after four games. They might be, you know, we might not see them at all the rest of the season. We just don't know. That's the, you know, that's just what it is. And, and uh, you know, again, they've got to protect those players and they want them to be 100% healthy. And I'm sure uh, all of Raider Nation understands that at this point. So, DeMond, we're going to go straight to about Blake Martinez's retirement, the soundbite on Blake Martinez's retirement, because we already talked about keeping the morale up. So this will be the last one. And then we'll get to uh, our guy, Charlie Clifford, to talk all things Indianapolis Colts. But Blake Martinez retired. He led the team in tackles last week with 11. So he's gone. Devon Diablo's on IR. He was put on IR uh, at the beginning of the week. So what does that do to the linebacking room? Now who steps up? Um, uh, yesterday, two days ago, two days ago it was, had a great conversation. I mean, he's a tremendous, tremendous individual um, and a really good football player. We were fortunate to have him here for the short time we did. Um, I just, you know, sometimes the body says no, you know, and sometimes, you know, guys make the decision that's best for them that, you know, and that's, they have the right to do that. You know, it's not the first time that, that I've been a part of that. So, um, appreciative of everything he did when he was here. He was awesome, you know, when he left and, um, you know, appreciate the contributions that he, he made. Um, and with Divine, you know, he's obviously a guy that, when he's healthy, he doesn't leave the field. And so uh, that's a, you know, that's certainly a big role, you know. But, uh, you know, like I said, it's not unique to us. Um, we got some young linebackers that, you know, um, you know, if you saw their faces yesterday, they were fired up and excited, you know what I mean, about the opportunity, you know, to go out there and, and participate and contribute and give it a shot, you know, and, and they're going to have one, you know. So um, having Jay on back is helpful. Uh, that's a good thing. Um, and obviously Luke and, and Darian, have played a lot of football. Uh, they played a ton of football in the preseason, obviously, and then they play. They played basically every game in the regular season here on the, in the kicking game. So this is not like their first opportunity uh, to be in a National Football League game. So um, you know we'll we'll divvy it up accordingly here, but um, we have confidence in all those guys. You know, and we're a little younger than what we've been, uh, but uh, we'll see how it goes, and we'll see how DP uh, responds today too. So there you go. Uh, Josh McDaniels talking about the linebackers that are going to see a lot of action on Sunday versus the Colts. Jayon Brown, it'll be good to see him back. Of course, Denzel Perryman is there. Luke Masterson, the undrafted free agent. And then Darian Butler as well, undrafted free agents. You'll see a lot of those guys come Sunday. Well, what are you going to see on the other side of the ball? Let's go ahead and get our final little update on the Indianapolis Colts. We'll bring in Charlie Clifford, uh, WISH-TV uh, in Indy. And, Charlie, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We do appreciate you. And I know it's been a lot of weird stuff going on this week in Indy. Is it starting to normalize a little bit? Is it starting to feel a little normal now? <laughs> it's a great question, Q. Thanks for having me on. Looking forward to making the trip down tomorrow afternoon. Look, this has been 
more turmoil for this team this week uh, than any week since Andrew Luck walked away abruptly in August of 2019. Um, it's been a complete, you know, reset. It, it's shaken everyone inside that building. And um, the good news is just, just Saturdays handled this as well as anyone could have in that situation. Uh, he said all the right things. I think there's been a unique energy at practice this week. As you know, though, when the ball goes up in the air Sunday afternoon, none of that matters, and the question becomes, do the players on this team still believe that there's something worth fighting for? Because everything we saw in New England, really in that second half, specifically on offense, told you that you know, reality setting in. This isn't the playoff team that Indianapolis thought it had at the beginning of the year. And much like Vegas, you know, there's there's questions and debates about essentially everything inside the franchise right now because they've built this thing pretty solidly through the draft, through some savvy pickups quietly. Stefan Gilmore, obviously the trade with you guys last year, um, and Gakwe's been okay, but yeah, this is just a complete, complete stunner of a week in Indian. So no, it doesn't feel normal. <laughs> no, I, I can only imagine it's just it's some strange times going on right now with the Colts, and there's some strange times going on right now with the Raiders. So Sam Ellinger is the quarterback, and this is a, a fact that I didn't realize until a couple days ago. This is going to be his third offensive coordinator in three games. How does he manage that as a as such a young guy? <laughs> well, it's it's wild, but. The plan is to just win the first quarter. Under Frank Reich, the Colts for four years were one of the top teams in terms of scoring offense on the opening possession and in the first quarter. And then this year, it's just been a tidal shift to they have no points on opening possessions. They've scored 10 points all year in the first quarter. The message for Ellinger and really the offensive line is give this kid some time early. We know the Raiders really struggle in the pass rush department and then try to build your offense like it should be built through Jonathan Taylor, who will be back. It still remains to be seen how many carries he gets this week. I'm sure you've talked about it earlier on the show. Yep. But it is a first-half game on Sunday Q. If you're Jeff Saturday and the Colts, you cannot afford to go in the locker room down two scores after what happened this week. This team hasn't been able to handle that all year. I just don't see that changing under these circumstances. Charlie Clifford is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. My man DeMond's got one for you. As you heard in the clip we played, the Lake, excuse me, the Lakers, the Raiders are going to be down a few <laughs> linebackers. So what do you yeah. think that means for the Colts passing game across the middle of the field? And do their running backs, is Jonathan Taylor, is he a threat coming out of the backfield as a receiver? Yeah, it's a good question. You know, there was a ton of talk this summer about how, okay, where does Jonathan Taylor get better? Because he literally had the best season in franchise history last year. I mean, he was an absolute bulldozer, as you guys watched from afar. Um, but we haven't seen that materialize this year with him in the passing game. So I wouldn't say that is a major area of concern. Now, look, they'll come out there, run a screenplay in the first play, and he'll bust it for 70 yards and score. <laughs> right. And prove me wrong. But <laughs> really over the middle, I mean, the tight ends have been silent over the past month. They aren't going to have Jelani Woods, rookie out of Virginia, who actually leads the team with three touchdown catches. He's been really good in the red zone. So that's a major plus if you're Josh McDaniels, 
and then his defensive staff, obviously. Everything starts in the passing game with Michael Pittman Jr. He does make a lot of hay over the middle. Um, but still, if you're, I mean, if you're watching the New England tape last week against the Colts, I mean, you're 0 for 14 on third down. They had two plays of offense for over 12 yards. That's how bad it looked last week. So I think if you're the Raiders, try to do as much as New England did last, last week and say, let's see how much better you got in five days with a coaching change. And as Q mentioned, another offensive coordinator, a young kid, Parks Frazier, who's 30 years old, who was Frank Reich's assistant, literally his personal assistant four years ago, and now he's going to be the one calling the plays for the first time in his NFL life. I would like your chances if you're Vegas in terms of just trying to make things look confusing, feel confusing early, and bank on that, even though I know the defense doesn't have much to brag about right now in the desert. <laughs> yeah, that is true. But with Sam Ellinger <laughs> starting at quarterback, do we know, like, as a quarterback, what he does well? Because I don't think I don't know if there's enough tape. And obviously that game against the Patriots, he got demolished. But what could be right. some of the threats for him as a quarterback? No, you're right. He's still a pro. He's still a winner. We aren't out to make this guy sound like he should be in the XFL or anything. I think the number one thing that you like about Sam Ellinger if you're running the Colts is his toughness and his ability not to give up plays, even on those sacks. You know, he was sacked nine times in New England last week. At no point did he look overly rattled or just hesitant. You know, you can see the pocket collapsing in some quarterbacks. You saw it with Matt Ryan earlier this year. It's just panic mode, chuck the ball on the ground, throw bad picks. He really doesn't have a bad pick yet on his resume here, even though it's only been sample size of two games. So I would say, all right, if it was that bad and he held it together to that degree, even though everyone in the stadium knew that this offensive line could not withstand the pressure last week, I like, I like that. I like that coming out of that for him. But outside of that, I mean, he is as many, he's taken as many sacks as he's thrown first downs through the air for two weeks. It, it just hasn't been a good start. And everything for the Colts starts with this highest-paid offensive line in football that has somehow uh, been pushed around to the degree of you know being the worst offensive line statistically through nine weeks. It's just it's baffling to everybody who follows this team. It makes no sense from what you've watched the last three or four seasons. With this team, there are some backup quarterbacks on the roster that have bigger resumes. Matt Ryan, I think they were going to shut him down, but now he practiced. <laughs> but why isn't Nick Foles getting the look? Are they just done with the Nick Foles experiment? You know, it, it was really never an experiment. He was brought in. Obviously, you know the backstory with Frank Reich in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. There had been years of complaints in Indy. You know, where's your plan at backup quarterback? When Luck retired, Brissett came in. That didn't work out. Uh, when Carson Wentz, you know, got injured last year, they played him in a game in Tennessee when he had two high-sprained ankles. He could not move, but they knew they didn't have any solid option at backup. So this year they went out, they got a solid backup, guy who's played, guy who has name recognition. And then this weird, you know, benching of Matt Ryan happened. Granted, Ryan had the most turnovers and sacks in football. He, he certainly didn't have much argument. Um, but, you know, Sam Ellinger leapfrogs Nick Foles because, look, this is a team that now is going to be thinking about a quarterback early next April. They want to know what they have with this young kid. They love 
his leadership. They love his makeup. They love that he can run a pro-style offense in 2022, and you can move out of the pocket a little bit. Well, now the question becomes, Matt Ryan's healthy again. He's now going to be the backup on Sunday. He's, he could be one play away. Jeff Saturday said, look, this is an open competition. If I think Ryan gives us a better chance to win, he's going to be in the game. So I would not close the door. The first half is really ugly. You see Matt Ryan warming up, coming out with the first-team offense in the third quarter. And then what do you do next week? I have no idea, gentlemen, because they've gone, they've gone back and forth on this now twice. And now with an interim head coach who certainly wants to win to prove that he can be the guy, he's going he's gonna to put number two in there if, if he thinks that, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll try to win from the pocket with this guy. He did have three game-winning drives over the first five weeks. It wasn't like he was, you know, they were three and four. They were or three, three, and one when he got benched. So, you know, and it wasn't as bad as maybe some people think it was externally watching Red Zone or whatever. That's a yeah. Then the storylines are going to write themselves. Boy, that's going to be that's going to be a whole another conversation for another week, right? If that were to happen and him get into the game, that's an interesting little nugget right there. Again, Charlie Clifford is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. Unnecessary roughness, talking all things Ra- uh, Raiders and Colts Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. So let me ask you this: I mean, Jeff Saturday, I know that he's a really good motivator. He's a guy with a lot of passion. He's a fiery guy. What are your right. expectations to see you know from this team when they take the field on Sunday? What do you think the team, the makeup's going to look like? How, how are they going to react to Saturday? Well, the defense has played with a ton of juice all year. I mean, if, if you see the defense humming, you know, that's nothing new. This, right. is a defense, this is a defense that can win a playoff game. I mean, they've really been they, – they aren't taking the ball away a ton, but they are sound. They're the best, you know, second-best running defense in the league. They really don't give up big plays. Uh, they haven't had Shaq Leonard, which now he's on IR, but they've, they're really deep at linebacker. Um, and they're two defensive tackles. It's, it's the best one-two punch in football. This guy, Grover Stewart, who people really haven't heard of. It's a great story. Division two player. He's been here five years now. He'll be a pro bowler this year if it goes the right way. He's, he's running away with the tackle lead at defensive tackle. Um, next to DeForest Buckner. But, you know, the question is the offense, and really it's, it's the offensive line. Jeff Saturday is Hall of Fame caliber center. He knows offensive line. He was on a local radio station in Indianapolis. The morning he was hired, he was on a local radio station saying, hey, these guys look like turnstiles out there. I don't know what's going on with my old team. Well, four hours later, he was the coach of the team. <laughs> That's how weird a good day it was on Monday. Uh, granted, he works for ESPN. He's an analyst. He's, you know, he wasn't lying. He was saying it how it was. So I'm sure those guys aren't taking it personally. But watch the trenches when the Colts are on offense, and you'll know if they have a chance in this game early. If you're going to see any difference, there's going to have to be a new attitude up front because it just it hasn't worked this year, and uh, that's really plagued them since the opening the opening week in Houston when they tied the Texans. Yeah. I remember that game. I remember that game. And, Charlie, as we close this out, I wanted to ask you about Gus Bradley and that defense. And you're right, it's been yeah. humming all year long. I remember that Thursday night game against Denver. It was a very boring game, but, man, it was a defensive game, right? I mean, it was just incredible. And they <laughs> won it at the end, and it was. And I knew then, man, this defense is really playing well. What has Gus Bradley done? How has he hit the right buttons to get this defense to be humming along the way it is all season long? 
That's a really good one. You know, I think he deserves a ton of credit. And it was a tough week for him. Some people in town thought, okay, they're going to give this interim gig to Gus Bradley. He's coached before. His defense has done a really good job. He probably is the one coach who deserves a promotion after what we've seen from nine weeks. But after two weeks, I mean, they were pretty average. They got blown out in Jacksonville 24 to nothing. There were questions of, was this the right hire? This defense looks flat. And then they just kind of they made a couple personnel changes. They took out some young kids. They put in Rodney McLeod at safety, who played in Philly for like eight years. He's just totally calmed that unit down. Um, they've gotten enough pass rush to make a difference and to close some games. Gilmore won them the game in Denver that you alluded to. You know, he had two picks mm-hmm. really in the fourth quarter in OT. So the scheme's just solid, and they have talent there. I mean, they've built with a ton of draft picks, specifically on the defensive line. Bobby O'Karake is a linebacker who's going to be a free agent and may want Who knows if you guys throw some money at him. He's going to get a lot of money this offseason as a free agent. He can fly around. He played at Stanford. Just a really sound linebacker off the ball. So really it's just a good unit that's honestly lived up to expectations and has kept them in really every game with the exception of week two. I mean, that's been kind of the catch of this season and, of course, last week. I mean, they've been in every game because this defense just hasn't quit, even though they're watching three and out, you know, merry-go-rounds on the offense. All right, something that I want to ask about. We've had a full week of the Jeff Saturday being hired, and it's been unprecedented. So what are your final thoughts on it? Because you said watch the game in the trenches, but Jeff Saturday, he's not going to be able to fix the offensive line in four days. So I don't expect anything to happen, like a change on the field. The players, the scheme, all of that, it's still going to be the same. Maybe it's going to be the best pregame speech in the history of the NFL. So what is actually, what do you think the actual impact of Saturday is going to make for this one game here Sunday? You know, you said it. He's a motivational speaker. I mean, I don't know, outside of managing timeouts, you know, obviously he's going to have to decide some fourth down calls. Um, Gus Bradley's going to call the defense. Parks Frazier is going to call offensive plays for the first time in his NFL career. Jeff's a super positive person. I'm sure he'll be working the sidelines, and you'll see 30 cutaways of him on the broadcast of you know chatting guys up. But mm-hmm. there, he wasn't watching. He, he admitted last week Jim Irsay called him during the Patriots game. Said, "Hey Jeff, what's going on with the offensive line?" Like, you know, Mr. Irsay, I'm not watching the game. I, you know, I'm working for ESPN. I, I got my eye on this other game. So to bring in someone who Realistically, to this point, I don't even know if he's watched all the game film from this year. Um, you know, my expectations are low. I think, you know, this is a complete Hail Mary pass, specifically for this week. I'm not saying there's no chance he can show some signs of progress with this team down the stretch, but, I mean, this is unprecedented. You guys have talked about it. It's just completely unheard of. And I think to go in and think that there's some magic wand here, I mean, this is – this is the NFL. These guys, you know, as much heat as Josh McDaniels has gotten, you know, at least he has a staff that has been working together since March. I mean, this, this offense in particular, they're looking around trying to figure out who's still here. So, um, you know, if, you know I, think, I think if I'm a Raiders, if I'm up top with the Raiders and this goes south on Sunday, I, I have serious concerns considering 
who we just played and what they had just been through. I mean, this is not a layup, but heavens, it should be pretty close. Yeah, it's about as close to a layup as possible without it being exactly that. Again, I, I've been saying it all fun all week, Charlie. I'm like, I don't want to sound disrespectful, but the Raiders no. have no reason, no business losing this game. Now, it's an NFL game and things happen, but there's they have no business losing this game, straight up. Yeah, no, I, I still think it will be a tight game, but you're right. I mean, it's, it's um, I don't know. It, it, shell-shocked is still an understatement of what's gone on here in the last week and you can try to do that, you know, once the national anthem kicks, you can try, you can try to bury that in the back of your mind, but you better start you better start fast and start with a lead and help yourself forget about what just happened because I mean, Frank Reich, Frank Reich was a very respected coach and that yep. was a locker room that, you know, understood the business of the move, but I don't think many of those guys in that locker room were uh, you know, actually personally happy that Frank Reich was gone. I mean, he that guy does not have an en- enemy anywhere in football, and he certainly didn't have one in his locker room. Yeah, that makes sense. It really does. It's going to be interesting to see what we see on the field on Sunday afternoon when the game kicks off. I'm assuming that you're headed uh, to Vegas? Yes, sir. Looking forward to catching you guys. If, if you're down there, we're, yep. we're heading out in uh, – we're heading out tomorrow. So. Okay, perfect. Well, as soon as, we, uh, as soon as we get to Allegiant Stadium, and uh, we'll definitely catch up with you. We definitely appreciate you. Uh, have safe travels. And like I said, we'll see you Sunday at the, uh, in the press box. Sweet, guys. Have a great night. All right, Charlie. There he goes. Charlie Clifford, WISH-TV in Indy on his way to Las Vegas, taking off tomorrow and headed here. Uh, we definitely appreciate him. And, again, DeMond, I don't want to sound disrespectful. I don't want to sound cocky. I don't want to sound like, you know, oh, there's no way this, that, and the other. But, honestly, the Raiders have no business losing this game. They yeah, no don't. business. It just no. shouldn't happen. No. But crazier really things shouldn't. have happened. Uh, yeah, crazier things have happened. No doubt about it. Right? And so if it does, it'll be a whole other conversation we have. But man, oh man, I'll tell you right now, they have no business losing the game. 349 is the time. We're here at Buffalo Wild Wings. A lot of Raider Nation is still pulling in or pouring in here. And uh, I encourage you to come on by as well. We have a lot of prizes to give out to you. Uh, we still have a couple onesies here. We have some sweatshirts, some t-shirts. We have the fanny packs. I see Raider Nation rolling in. I got my man walking in with his hat on. What's your name, boss? Joe. Joe? Raider Joe just walked in. So, uh, Raider Joe, make sure make sure we hook you up. My man Angel's going to hook you up with some prizes just for walking in the building. See, it's that easy. You walk in, you get hooked up. That's how we do. We're here till at least 5 o'clock. We're here with Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. The sounds of John Fogarty right there. I'm learning. It only took me a couple days to learn. I know the song. I know the music. I just didn't know the actual name of the artist. It's so funny, DeMond, that you played that. I actually got hit up by my my buddy Rob earlier today, and he said that that segment uh, a couple days ago had him uh, had him rolling because that was uh, he's a big fan of that song. And so today, it's so funny how this comes full circle. We have tickets, and I want to give out tickets right now. Caller number nine. I'm giving out a lot of stuff here at Buffalo Wild Wings, but I also want to give out tickets on the radio. So caller number nine. Matter of fact, we're going to do it two times. How about we do this? Since I failed earlier this week, I'm going to give out a, pa- a couple pairs of tickets to see John Fogarty. Uh, and and caller number nine is what we're looking for at 702-365-9200. But it's so funny because not only are we giving out tickets to see him live, He's also performing at halftime at the Raider game on Sunday. So it's like it comes full circle, right? So I, I, I got educated earlier in the week, and then by the end of the week, I'm giving out tickets to see him, plus you can see him at Allegiant Stadium. So that's how we roll, man. That's how it all comes full circle. I learned 
I learned a little something, something this week, and that's all we can ask is to learn a little something, something. And so that's what we're doing. So uh, hit us up right now, 702-365-9200. Call number nine. We're going to do it two times. So I guess call number nine and number ten. We're going to get you hooked up with uh, with John Fogarty tickets. My man DeMond's waiting by, and he's going to tell you all the information that you need to know. Plus, we're here at Buffalo Wild Wings, 4280 South Wallapai. If you're a veteran, calling all veterans, come on out here. Get free wings, 10 boneless wings and fries for your service. And, I, hey, look, man, I know that's a small a small thank you, but it's a thank you. And it's better than nothing. So come on out here, get hooked up, and uh, get some free food on us for your service. And, again, we thank you, and we thank you, and we thank you again. Sam Gordon from the RJ. He'll join us next as we kick off hour number three. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. At In-N-Out, our hamburger.